Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hello and welcome back to the Deliciously Stella podcast. So today we are seeing red and we've got the angry chef Anthony Warner in the studio. Just because something is natural doesn't mean it's sprinkled with some magic fairy dust that makes it good for you. And we'll be talking to writer and Instagrammer Michelle Thomas, who's going to be speaking to us from a very unusual space. Actually, I'm hiding in the stockroom at the moment and I'm surrounded by Chris. Today I'm here with Anthony Warner, better known as the Angry Chef. And what we really want to know is why you're so angry. <laughs> why I'm so angry? Why are you so angry? What is um, making you so angry? Oh, well, well, what makes me so angry really is anybody telling lies about food. You know, I'm, I'm from a food background. I'm a chef and I really love food. And it seems strange that there's so many people in the media telling lies about food. And that's generally irritated me over the years and developed slowly into into anger which I, I translate into my my website so do you think you've been angry all along the way like you've been angry at the atkins you've been angry at the Dukan, and now you're angry at eat clean yeah i think so i think so i'm angry at anything anybody who tells lies about food and, and clean eating is probably the biggest one around at the moment to get the most attention yeah, I mean, it's definitely getting a lot of attention. Like when it first started, or when I found out about it, really, I was just so shocked that no one had opened a book or gone on the internet and just checked that some of it wasn't real. And it seemed absolutely bizarre that so many hundreds of thousands and millions of people had just been sucked into this thing and no one had gone, oh, I'm actually not sure if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's very strange, but it's not an unusual story over the years there's been it's happened with, with so many different sort of mm. diets and fads going through like you said through Atkins and, and through Dukun and people have just been sucked in by people positioning themselves as experts on food with no real qualifications are there any food fads particularly related to eat clean that rile you a bit I think anybody saying that people should exclude any food really with, with no real reason obviously you know, if you're celiac or, you, know, you need to exclude gluten but there's so many food groups that people are saying should be excluded and if you actually excluded them all you probably end up eating virtually nothing at all virtually just eating I don't know I can't actually even give any food that hasn't actually at some point been excluded um, a friend of mine said the other day that she bought a bottle of fizzy water and it had a sign on it that said gluten free and how we've come to a point where something being gluten-free is automatically assumed to be better and is obviously more expensive but never contained gluten in the first place. Like, how did we get there? This is so ridiculous. I know, I know. It's, I mean, gluten-free is obviously one of the ones that gets most attention. I mean, it is 
it is ridiculous uh, how you know, things are just assumed to be healthier even though they're gluten-free often when you take gluten out of something you actually have to put more sugar and more fat yeah. in and it actually makes it less healthy my granny was a celiac and she was like not in the best of health because of it and she had a miserable time all she could eat because she wasn't brilliant at cooking was like gluten-free hot cross buns from Marks and Spencer's and gluten-free biscuits and everything was so full of sugar and I thought not very nice so I don't understand why anyone would do it by choice like spelt bread's fine rye bread's fine but it's not bread no no and I know I know people who are celiacs and they you know they're desperate to eat some something with gluten in you know the, the thought of avoiding it as a lifestyle accessory yeah, is, is, is it's horrible absurd. it's not a fashion statement no 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 it's ridiculous so you have a biochemistry degree yes so a long you, time ago yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's better than my like yeah, double okay. award science GCSE <laughs> yeah like, that's for sure so you actually I would say have a lot more right to tell people about food and the science behind it than these other people do I, I suppose I don't have a right to. I mean, what, what I have is a curiosity, which sort of science gives you, rather yeah. than actually, you know, I, I, a long time ago, and I can't really remember much of my degree, but I, could, I do still have that sort of scientific curiosity. And what I do is try and find out the facts behind exclusion. I do that by asking experts, asking people who are qualified, and speaking to them and getting their opinion. And, and that's what sort of makes it onto to my my blogs about about clean eating. Yeah, I mean, I've been speaking to some amazing people who know all these things about coconut oil and about like electrolytes and all of these terms that we just think, oh, that's really, really healthy. And then they're like, when we break it down, it's actually not. And we're just taking it. We're just taking it at face value. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you use a bit of scientific terminology then it's going to make sort of a lot of the cleaning messages seem far more authoritative. And, yeah. and actually the reality is they're just, sort of taking that science and, and then making stuff up to, to suit their Yeah, their it's own. like leaky gut. Leaky guts, and, yeah. Yeah, the Hemsleys <laughs> say that um, if you eat gluten, your gut will leak, but that only happens when you're a celiac. Yeah. But that's been omitted. I think if you've got a leaky gut, you probably don't need a bit of bone broth. You probably need to go to hospital. Yeah, you definitely need to be hospitalised. You definitely need to be hospitalised. So something that we know is that you are really not keen on superfoods. Yes. So you think they don't exist? Well, I mean, the word superfood exists. Um, of course, yes. Uh, but uh, that's just a—it's just been used as a. As a someone, I think I heard it described as um, food. Any food of a marketing department is is a superfood. Just been used to sell stuff. You know, lots of food have a good sort of nutritional value and are high in in, in micronutrients, but they're not classified as superfoods probably because they're not quite as expensive or, or exclusive and, and, and mm. hard to get hold of you know carrots have lots of high nutritional value red peppers you know you, yeah i don't understand why you classify some things as superfoods based on just a completely arbitrary um wonder foods was another one i heard recently as yeah. well, which is even better than superfoods yeah. apparently so in my edinburgh show um I'm, I'm playing the character of stella and stella and her mum's nutritionist decide <laughs> what their lifestyle plan is going to be based on by, by reading the daily mail every day and yeah. finding out which which food causes cancer. Yeah. And it's different every day, obviously. Obviously, yeah. And yeah, I just love it. I love how easy it is to make this absolutely moronic character work because some of the things that she says do sound quite real. They sound like they would come out of the mouth of someone who is telling people what to eat and that's just bizarre. Yeah, we all have an instinctive desire to believe stuff when we're told you know, by, by, mm. by authority people or by people we sort of might like or something. You know, people yeah, it's like Father Christmas. I liked my dad. I believed him. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Eat clean, the new Father Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I did read recently that, that a lot of psychiatrists think that it might be that when we're young children, we, we believe everything our parents tell us. Mm. And as the world gets a bit more complicated and we get older, we want to think there's a someone's in control of everything, whereas actually life's 
just pretty random and, and, and stuff just happens and you know the, the scientists aren't completely in control and don't know everything no. they just they have some evidence but they're just trying to get to a point where where we know a bit more the thing about the people in in, in clean eating and a lot of these fad diets they're very certain of their beliefs and, and you're drawn to believe people are very certain mm. whereas, whereas a lot of real scientists aren't that sure what's really going on yeah one of the things I'm fascinated about is um, antioxidants because as far as my scientific knowledge stretches it's that the only thing that can detox you are like your liver and your kidneys. That's what they're there for, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And then the idea that eating a handful of blueberries is going to somehow rid your body of toxins, that just seems ridiculous to me, completely yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, antioxidants, are, they're, they're really interesting, actually. I mean, I think in there were lots of stories in the papers um, probably 20 years ago, maybe a bit less, about antioxidants, how they're the miracle which are going to cure lots of lots of things. There have been lots of tests and lots of experiments and, and there was some evidence that they can they can attack something called free radicals and take them out and stop your cells being damaged. But actually the reality of the science since then has been that it's far less certain what's actually going on. Yeah. So antioxidants and free radicals both have sort of different effects and, and free radicals can actually help your immune system. So, you know, even though it seemed very certain a few years ago that antioxidants were, were a great sort of cure-all and, and were going to cure sort of all sorts of disease and cancer, actually what happened is the science developed and realised that that's actually not quite true and actually it's much more complicated. But we still hold on to the nice simple story that antioxidants are... You know, a cure-all, and they're, they're great. And a lot of health bloggers will will say, you know, will quote that antioxidants cure disease, and are you know great for fighting all sorts of things. But the reality is not really not really as as clear and simple as that. I know. I mean, it does make me quite concerned about people who genuinely are ill and who think, oh, I'll just eat some more avocados and then I'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, antioxidants is is a is a great case because there's a lot of um thought that it can help with treatment of cancer. A lot of naturopathic doctors prescribe antioxidants to people undergoing cancer treatment, whereas the reality is it can actually inhibit that, a lot of a lot of cancer treatments, and yeah. so it can actually be a lot. It can actually be very harmful. And something like in in a study in New York, seventy percent of of patient cancer patients um, were found to be taking high levels of antioxidant substance without telling their their physician what they were doing. Oh, well, yeah, that's never good. No, no, always no. always tell your doctor what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the naturopath doctors have been known to tell people not to tell the doctors what they're, what they're doing. That is truly, truly terrifying. So another thing I really wanted to talk to you about is um, processed foods. Okay. So obviously my Instagram is like full of processed foods mm-hmm. and everyone's so upset that I'm poisoning my body with them. Yeah. But what I find bizarre is the fact that they think some sugars are somehow better for you and they say they're not processed. But for me, how do you get maple syrup out of like a tree without processing it like everything has to be processed in some way like yes cooking's a process yeah yeah i mean it's 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 very common sort of um, narrative in in clean eating and a lot of dieting and a lot of health advice and and from a lot of chefs actually to be fair that anything natural is good for you Mm. and anything processed and manufactured is bad for you and the way for everyone to be healthy is just to eat natural home-cooked dishes but I mean, I'm a chef. I can cook you something pretty unhealthy out of you know completely natural. Yeah. You know, I can make some chips out of organic potatoes and organic lard, and they're, they'll be great. But yeah, they'll be great, but they they wouldn't be healthy just because they're natural. No. You know, and and the same with processed food, like a, a you know a tin of tomatoes is is quite sort of high in micronutrients, and it is it is very good for you. But it is processed though. It's in a can. It's heated and it's you know treated. So if you're banning any processed food, there's an enormous amount you'd have to leave out, and you know just because something is natural doesn't mean it's sprinkled with some magic fairy dust that makes it good for you you know, yeah. and just because something's 
been made in a factory doesn't mean it's necessarily bad for you either. But what I don't understand is why like coconut flour is supposedly better than wheat flour. It's like they're both plants, but no, you, you can't it, you can't cope with the wheat plants, and it's all about the coconuts. It just sounds better, doesn't it? I suppose because we've always had wheat flour, and this is new and exciting and, and expensive. Yeah, yeah, and expensive yeah. food is healthy food. Yeah, I mean, if it's nice and you like it, then good luck to you. But don't sort of try and tell us all it's going to cure us of disease. Yeah. Like, stay away from Holland and Barrett. Your bank balance will thank you. So I've been reading the paper and, as ever, I get drawn to things that are about eat clean. And something terrible has happened in New Zealand. There's been a sort of avocado shortage and it's resulted in a crime spree where people have been going to avocado fields and stealing all of the avocados so none of them get to the supermarket. Also, because of this, it means that loads of the avocados are unripe and therefore dangerous. Now, I know that unripe avocados aren't great for Instagram, but I wasn't actually aware that they could kill. So um, I'm looking at the article now, and um, I'm just going to read a little bit for you. Sergeant Aaron Fraser of Waihi said there has been spates of avocado thefts during his time in the police, but nothing as sustained as the current activity. It's getting bleak, guys. These stolen avocados can carry risks, he said. Mm -hmm. They are unripe. Some have been sprayed recently and they may still carry toxins on the skin. Toxins in avocados? Surely not. But with prices so high at the moment, the potential for profit is a strong inducement for certain individuals. It's like poaching in Africa. It's it's like avocados are the new ivory trade. We're going to have to have a mass burning of avocados so that people worldwide know to stop trading them internationally. What has become of modern civilization when people are stealing avocados? It's an easy way to make a quick buck, they say. But I don't think we're dealing with a sophisticated or highly organised operation here. More opportunistic. Well, this stolen fruit will only have made it to the local markets. It would never reach our export markets. So New Zealand's quite small, right? Surely you could be able to tell quite quickly who had a shit ton of avocados, like... In, in a lorry in their backyard or you know, someone who was making a lot of guacamole be like how do you manage that there's a shortage they'd be done for so something that I am really interested in doing is finding out how we can get people to question stuff how we can actually like educate everyone and I just I don't know how anyone's going to do it like there needs to be a movement like with maybe like an idiot like me and someone who actually does science <laughs> just to be like hey like, stop this. It has to end. Yeah. yeah there are, there's lots of really sensible advice out there. Mm. Um, but it's, it's usually communicated in a fairly boring way. And when, when we see more exciting, you know, more media savvy people presenting a, a message which is a bit more glamorous and interesting, we're drawn to believe that more glamorous and interesting thing rather than the boring public health England message that we should just eat a balanced diet. Maybe I should be a bit more glamorous. Maybe. Maybe if I glammed <laughs> myself up and I popped a lab coat on and I went, I am the voice of reason. I, I don't think you need a lab coat anymore, to be honest. I think that's a bit, that's a bit 1990. I'll be like, I think you're all right now. You I can, got two A stars yeah. at GCSE. And those are giving me my lab coat and I'm going to tell everyone what to do. You need to spend all day making a salad and stand in front of your cooker. With, oh, yeah, I will. You know. And then try and do a headstand by my yeah, kitchen yeah, counter with yeah. my dog. Well, maybe maybe we need to make like normal ingredients hard, really hard to get a hold of and twice as expensive. And That's then, a really yeah. good idea. Like <laughs> Make like a baked bean shortage. Yeah, yeah or caster sugar or something like that. Yeah, yeah. caster yeah. sugar, the devil. Yeah. Maple syrup is fine because it has a leaf on the front and is therefore healthy. Yeah. 
So something we haven't mentioned yet is what you do for your main job, which yep. is you develop food, right? Yes. Can you explain that to me a little bit? I, I, I develop food for um, food manufacturers, I recipes for food manufacturers. So, you know, for, from, a, from a chef's point of view, you know, I come up with recipes for, say, pasta sauces or, or things like that. Okay, awesome. And um, how, do you think you felt any pressure from the current Eat Clean trend to sort of change those recipes to maybe put a little gluten-free on the label? <laughs> yeah, there is, there is pressure for gluten-free and, you know, there, there is yeah. a lot of demand for that. Um, I think the difference is that when you work in the food manufacturing industry, there are laws about what you can and can't say about products. You can't just make wild claims on the front of pack that this can cure you know, disease or give you some sort of special powers unless that's actually scientifically proven to be true. And that's the huge difference. You know, If a lot of the clean eating brigade had to comply with the same regulations that we have to, they wouldn't be allowed to say pretty much any of what they actually say. That's really interesting. There needs to be like an Ofcom for clean eaters. I, mean, I, well, I think so. I mean, because you have programmes on television and if you want to advertise in the middle of those programmes, you have to comply with all the regulations. But if in the actual content of the programme, they can pretty much say what they want. They can say that, you know, fat's good for you and natural sugars are, are better for you than... than whatever the opposite of natural sugars are, supernatural sugars. Or yeah, <laughs> supernatural <laughs> sugars. <laughs> exactly. Oh, sugar's natural as anything, really. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I find the whole thing baffling. So you're a parent, you have a 13-year-old <laughs> daughter. Like, does it worry you that she might look up to these people? Have you ever thought about the impact that, like, sort of social media and all of those, all those recipe books and their smiling, happy faces might have on someone really young and impressionable? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of my main reasons for being so um, so concerned um, about uh, some of the clean eating messages. My, my, I'm driven by the fact that it's it's anti science and it's, it's factually wrong. But but underneath it, is, there are some quite dangerous messages. So like exclusion and uh, excluding food groups is is a dangerous message to tell young people, um, as, as, you know, especially when they're so her age but they're particularly impressionable and so consumed by um, social media and you know, I know from my, my daughter I don't, I don't worry about her with the clean eating messages because I yeah. spend enough time trying to drum that <laughs> in not, not that she listens to me at all Yeah, um, that's why I have a website because it's more likely to read that than actually listen to me <laughs> speaking to her um, but yeah I mean that sort of message of exclusion is, is potentially very dangerous and if you speak to anyone who works with um, works with eating disorders they'll tell mm. you that that message of excluding lots and lots of different foods and foods being unclean and foods being dirty is, mm. is, is is a very damaging, potentially very damaging message. I went to an all-girls boarding school, which is essentially just like a hotbed mm -hmm. of that sort of behaviour. And I think if Eat Clean had been around when I was 15, there would have been a lot of courgettes being spiralised and yeah. not a lot of food being eaten. Yeah. As I said, when you look at all these different messages and all the things that they're saying, you, you took one message from each person saying to exclude different things, you'd end up eating absolutely nothing. And there are people who have ended up in a situation yeah, where they're not I really eating a, anything at a all. a really lovely girl called Carrie Armstrong, and she had orthorexia, which is an obsession with healthy eating, and she ended up eating nothing but melon. I know. Well, that's got sugar in it, though. I, mean, I, I know, <laughs> I know. That's what we said. And she was like, yeah, I know, I was nuts. Like, she, she was like, I would I only ate melon, because she was like, I made it up in my head. I made up what was clean and what was dirty, and the only thing that I could possibly eat without terrifying myself was yeah. melon. She ended up in a wheelchair. 
Yeah, I know. It's I mean, terrifying. I'm not saying that people who read those books that will happen to them because that's ridiculous. But but you know, for people mm. who are susceptible to it, it's potentially very dangerous. Yeah, that's the thing. If you're susceptible to it, especially when people are just making stuff up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but so I can only assume most of these people about in terms of what's clean and what's what you should eat. It is just made up, isn't it? It's got to be because you can't back it up anywhere. So you literally must have just. I think that you must have seen it somewhere else. You must have gone. Oh, she's she's pretty and thin. Yeah, I'm pretty and thin. I could probably do the same thing and make yeah. quite a lot of money out of it. Yeah, there, there seems to be an opportunity to make money. And I guess there's a there's so many of these people around that the people are looking for a little space in a corner of the market. So the more stuff you exclude and the more science you make up, then then the more likely you are to be able to yeah, get Yeah, it is. A, the more obscure your ingredients. Yeah, yeah, because you can't just do what everyone else is doing, so you have to think of something else to exclude. Um, so, Anthony, thank you so much. This has been really, really interesting. If anyone at home would like to read some more about why Anthony is so angry and see all the other things that he's up to, then you can visit his website, which is... It's www.angry-chef.com. Excellent. So, as we've been on a bit of an angry theme this week, having just spoken to the angry chef, I put a little message out on Twitter asking if anyone was angry about Eat Clean and wanted to talk to me. And the amazing Michelle Thomas got in touch. Michelle is a writer and an Instagrammer. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm very well, thank you. I'm a little bit angry. I'm keeping it under control. But yeah, I'm very well, thank you. And where are you right now? <laughs> I am. I'm, I work in a cafe. I'm a barista chef person so actually I'm hiding in the stock room at the moment to take this phone call and I'm surrounded by crisps and recyclable cups and a big pile of orangina which I find really comforting in the sea of San Pellegrino weird quasi-healthy skinny water drinks oh my god Uh, orangina is my absolute favorite there's something very decadent about the pulp in an orangina I think there really is the sediment and, and the glass bottle as well it's just pure class and it's that all kind of, like I say, weird coconut and elderflower crasse energy drinks that just taste a bit like sadness. It tastes like giving up. <laughs> they do taste like giving up. Also, what I want to know is why anyone thinks that that would give you any energy. Like, what is in it that's supposed to give you any energy? It's like that vitamin water, and they were all different yeah. colours, and they were called, like, dragon fruit. And obviously there was nothing in them. They were just water with sugar inside. Yeah. these I've got this. I don't want to kind of name them. I'm going to name them. They're called alibi. And they're just weird. It's a health drink sparkling citrus and we've got one which is in it's in a cardboard can because it's really cool and it's got stuff like goji berries and weird algae in it oh my god and it just they just they they taste like bereavement they really do (laughs) that's amazing I actually when I was at university the guy who invented alibi went to the same uni as me and I went to a talk (laughs) that he gave and at the time they were marketing it as a mixer so you'd have it with your vodka and then you wouldn't get hung over the next day and obviously it was completely farcical and everyone went out and bought loads of alibi and then felt really shit and never bought it again that's amazing that's the best thing I've ever heard yeah that's slightly better than the end of drink you drink that's called pussy what i just saw an interview with the guy who just went yeah i just wanted to make a drink called pussy and it's terrible that it makes me very sad that makes me so sad that's disgusting what does it dare i ask what does it taste like I don't know what pussy tastes like. You don't know what pussy tastes like. Because I've never paid for pussy. I don't know what it tastes like. (laughs) Um, Okay, so so you are here because we want to talk about what you're you're angry about. Yes. Oh, I get angry about, particularly at this time of year, people telling me that I need to detox my body. First Mm. of all, that I can 
detox my body as if my body doesn't take care of this by itself but that I have to because my body is toxic. My body is not toxic. I'm not Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> I haven't been trapped in a, in a lab getting radioactive stuff all over me. I've just eaten too much cake. It's all right. I'll just eat less cake and I'll be all right. I'm trying um, to start yeah, a movement called rage. Cake Not Kale, where people are encouraged oh, to replace oh. all that flipping kale with as much cake as possible. That sounds amazing. Mm. I just love, because I, I, I love a salad. I do. I make a lovely one with the soy sauce and wine, recommend. But I, I love the idea of just a big pile of salad with just a massive wodge of carrot cake with loads of icing on the same plate on the side. Or maybe crumbled up on top. That's maybe called balance, like isn't little, it? That's balance. Yeah, maybe get, instead of like blobs of feta on top of your salad, just blobs of like blueberry muffin. That sounds awesome. Delicious. And that way... You can get rid of your muffin top as well. I like it. Yeah. It's, that's got everything. Yeah. I'm so behind you on this. Cake not kale. <laughs> hashtag cake not kale. Yeah, hashtag cake not kale. Um, Love it. So something we really wanted to talk to you about is um, sort of body image and social media and how you think it affects mm. young women. And what, like, what's your relationship with social media like? Do you think it's a healthy place or an unhealthy place? Do you know, I kind of... I didn't have a huge social media presence for a really long time. And mm. then... Um, I went on a date with a guy I met on Tinder and had a lovely time. And the next day he sent me a 400-word text message telling me that he would marry me like a shot if I were a slip of a girl. But like, is he like somebody's paedophile uncle? Like, who says slip of a girl? Slip of a girl. I'd marry you like a shot. (laughs) Yeah, grim. (laughs) Um, So, but I wrote a blog in response to that just going fuck you and the horse you rode in on um and now i've got a, a big social media presence i'm on i'm on instagram come and find me ms m thomas and i because it wasn't something that i i kind of chased i'm in a position where i can be quite authentic and i can kind of be really honest and post really horrible honest workout selfies where i'm drenched in sweat and i look like some kind of disgusting whale beast <laughs> um but i also post pretty selfies because why the fuck not? I look nice. I spent money on this dress. So, yeah, in terms of what I do on social media, that's my kind of little chipping away at the constant bombardment of yoga on the beach and eat clean and gluten-free and look at all the kale smoothies and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Because while that isn't, it's asinine more than anything, but the thing it's... It's yeah, a great word. But the thing is, you think that's what being healthy looks like and that's not achievable to a huge majority of women and therefore a huge majority of women is unhealthy yeah I, so I read something really interesting, actually. Sorry to interrupt. I read something really interesting um, mm. in The Guardian over the weekend mm. where a couple of clean eaters were asked what they thought about the knowledge that another clean eater has an eating disorder. And they said, well, maybe she's just really healthy. That's repugnant. I know. That's genuinely horrendous. Yeah. But that's it. That is, she's, she is really healthy. That's the only way you can possibly be healthy is by eating clean. Um, and those are the extremes that we, that we have to look at all the time. You're either 5 a.m. hot yoga person or you're Jennifer Anderson being hounded by the Daily Mail because she put on what two pounds over her honeymoon oh did you eat too many honeymoon dinners Jennifer (laughs) Ah. I read a day in her life the other day and it basically involves apples with almond butter on and that's like the biggest treat that she gets in her whole life and I was like I'd rather be dead like that's horrendous Apples with almond butter slathered on the apple. That's like the ultimate pudding treat. That's like hashtag cheat day. 
do you know what? If that if that's what you want, more power to you. Knock yourself out. I've actually followed Jodie Marsh on Twitter, and I absolutely love her. She's just this little fireball of like positive feminine energy who kicks life in the dick every single day. And yeah, she does all this clean eating bollocks, and that's fine. But that's not the most interesting thing about her, and that's not the only thing that she has to offer. Mm. So you know, if you want to do that, that's grand. But don't tell people that's the only way that they're going to be healthy. Yeah. You know what, Michelle? I think we're going to have to get you into the studio. I think you need to come in, you need to bring a cake salad, and then we need to sit down and we just need to like talk it out. And I need you to tell me all about Joni Marsh. Yeah. So I'll bring some apples, I'll bring some almond butter, mm. I'll bring some alibi. We'll, yeah. just, we'll just make it a party. <laughs> that sounds like the party of dreams. Um, thanks so much for listening. I will be back next week. And don't forget, if you want to keep in touch or have an update on what I'm doing, you can follow me on Instagram. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. At Deliciously Stellar.